In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. If your family is like our family, you have stories that get told and retold even if you don't want them to be, because sometimes they're embarrassing, but they're usually characteristic of the people in the family. I was thinking back to one, this is with my dad, this was decades ago, but we, we were talking about food, and he says, yeah, why don't we have that, that Italian, that Italian dish, you know, the one with the shells. And we were going, to what, lasagna or rigatoni or what, what? And finally my mother said, you don't mean tacos, do you? Yeah, tacos, the one with the shells. <laughs> so ever since then, it was, oh, we're having some Italian food tonight. We've got tacos. He was such a goober. <coughs> Or the time where I was stuck in the fence or my sister raked the straw in one windrow or my mom cut the cord on the knife. It's, we've got these classics in the family and they're told over and over. Today's gospel lesson is one of those kind of classics because it, ha it is in all four gospels. And that is a rare thing. Sometimes two, sometimes three, but very rarely do you have the same story in all four gospels. That means that the family of the early Christian church must have told it over and over and over again. It's different in the synoptic Gospels. That would be Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's different there. In that story, it's an unnamed woman. But in the Gospel of John, which is the eyewitness Gospel, we know the woman very well. It's Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Mary, the one who sat at Jesus' feet as a disciple and listened carefully while her sister was bustling in the kitchen and was mad at her about it. Mary, the one with the emotional import when her brother died that came to Jesus, fell at his feet and sobbed, and that's what led Jesus to begin sobbing. Mary, the one who seems to understand what is important, who seems to do the right thing even when other people think that maybe it's not. She tends to do unexpected things at the right time, and it's the right thing. That Mary. So she does it again. Jesus is at Mary Martha Lazarus' house. It's only a, really a few days after Lazarus is brought back from the dead by Jesus. And uh, certainly the community is all abuzz about this. The religious leaders are all upset because more and more and more people are following Jesus all the time and they see their power base dwindling. Jesus has gone from manageable nuisance to serious threat. And Mary is the one who seems to see that because Jesus raised her brother from the dead, it won't be long before Jesus will be taking his place in the tomb. Mary comes with a jar of costly ointment. She breaks it open. She pours it on Jesus' feet. She rubs Jesus' feet with it, and she wipes the excess off with her hair. Judas Iscariot, of course, the spoiled sport, jumps in and says, Oh, you shouldn't have done that. You, you, why, that... You could have sold that for 300 denarii, which would be about 10 months' wages for the average laborer. You could have sold that for 300 denarii and given that money to the poor. <laughs> right. As if Jesus, or Judas gave any rip for the poor. The only thing he was interested in is he was the treasurer. He held the, the common purse. And it's a lot easier to embezzle if there's more money in the common purse. That's the only thing Judas was worried about. And Jesus said, no, I'll leave her alone. Leave her alone. She bought it for my burial. Jesus gets it right away, what she's doing. Let her carry out her message here. 
Mary does some things that are, that are surprising, they're unexpected, and some of them in that culture might even be considered shameful. Here's, here's a series of what she did. She let her hair down, which normally a woman in that culture would only do maybe in the presence of her husband. She used this costly ointment, which is surprising. She rubbed it on his feet. Normally when you use an ointment, you put it on somebody's head like a king would be anointed on their head. She puts it on his feet, and the feet is where you put this kind of perfume and ointment when somebody has died. She puts it on his feet. And then, well, she touches Jesus, which a woman touching a man in public, that, that wouldn't have been done either. And finally, she takes her glory, her long hair, and wipes off the excess perfume. These are all unexpected, edgy, kind of surprising things for her to do. And yet, she is the one who gets it. Mary is the one who, who understands what is going to happen. And Mary is here acting very much like the Old Testament prophets. So you may recall, we, we talked about Jeremiah a few weeks ago. And Jeremiah took the clay jar and he smashed it as a demonstration that Israel had broken the covenant, the relationship between God and them. So prophets oftentimes uh, acted things out physically. So Jeremiah broke that pot. And uh, Ezekiel, remember he ate part of the scroll to, set, to symbolize that he had the word of God inside of him. It was kind of a weird thing to do, but it was a demonstration. And then we have Isaiah who ran around naked for a while in order to show that the nation of Israel had shamed the Lord by their uh, unfaithfulness. And finally we have the prophet Hosea who uh, was told to marry a prostitute and raise children with her to show that Israel had been unfaithful. And the children's names were like not to be pitied and weird names like that. So prophets oftentimes acted out what their message was. And that's what Mary is doing. She's acting out the, the upcoming death of Jesus and his being in the tomb in place of her brother Lazarus. She does the right thing. It's unexpected. It's surprising. And she's an unexpected person to be the prophet, but that's, that's what she's functioning as. There are a lot of people in Scripture who are unexpected and who do unexpected things. Abraham, you wouldn't expect him to be the father of a great nation when he was 90 years old and had no kids. And yet, that's exactly what happened. David was not exactly the pick of the litter when they went to go look for kings for Israel. And yet, they said, no, that's the one. He's a man after the Lord's own heart. And so he became the king. Mary is another one of those characters. And I think that the lesson for us today, for the rest of us here, is to say, could the Lord use me? It's kind of unexpected. Maybe I'm just a regular garden variety Christian. But could the Lord be using me in some unexpected way? Could the Lord have a special purpose for me if I'm open to this and if I'm willing, could the Lord do something with me? And I think the answer throughout Scripture over and over again is, yeah, Paul was a persecutor of the church. He became the apostle to the Gentiles. Regular garden variety folks are the people that Jesus always picked, like the disciples. They were no bonus, but there they were, his special disciples. He picks people who are regular, normal people to do extraordinary, unexpected things. And in this season of Lent, I think it's a good time to ask ourselves, am I open 
to, as the Old Testament lesson said, see, I am doing a new thing. Am I open to a new thing? Am I open to maybe uh, actually studying Scripture and reading it? Am I open to letting go of that grudge I've had with my sister-in-law for 12 years? Am I open to giving extravagantly to people who are in need, people who really need something, and I can do it. Am I, am I open to doing that? This could be the season of spiritual stock-taking for us to say, Lord, use me like you use the prophets, like you use the prophetess Mary in this story. Use me for some unexpected gift of extravagant love to another. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.